0: Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5.
1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is Saturday, 7 08 AM, August 28th, 2021. Welcome to the show. I am, of course, Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd. That's the day job. On the Saturdays, I'm your host for Saturday morning coffee. Welcome to the show. It's Saturday morning coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite Java. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things happening in the world that we think you need to know. And goodness, what a crazy week it has been. Much to talk about today here at Saturday Morning Coffee. As you guys know, we are all about limited government. Whew, what a concept. Lower taxes, more freedom. All the things that mean more freedom for all of us who are we the people. It all comes back to us, folks. We the people. We're supposed to be the boss around here. What's happening and uh, we've got a country to save in case you haven't figured that out. Certainly, if you haven't figured out that this week, you're not woke. You're not. You're asleep, folks. And uh, it's happening right in front of your eyes. I wonder, I wonder uh, when we may pass uh, an inflection point and, and be asking ourselves, why didn't we do more? I don't know. Um, but we do invite you to settle in with us. Join us as we uh, try to unpack the crazy events of this week Joined here in the studio this morning, as always, by producer extraordinaire Dr. Glenn mm-hmm. Dye. Dr. Die, how are you?
2: I'm good, Reese. I'm not a doctor, but I did stay in a Holiday. Did you stayed a Holiday Inn Express yeah. last night.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, that's an honorary title, you know, we, Thank uh, you, I appreciate it. That's an honorary title. We've uh, we've bespoke that bespoke bestowed bestowed. Yeah, uh, thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I'm going, but for bespoke and uh, <laughs> and bestowed, we bestowed that on you very selectively. We don't give that to just anybody.
2: No, I appreciate it. I'm I, um, and volumptu- what the voluptuous? What is the what is the the, the voice? You, voluptuous? No, it wasn't voluptuous. It was something else. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Dye has a
1: voluptuous voice. You have a mellifluous. Voice. Mellifluous. Thank you. I
2: couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> uh,
1: what you have, we, a, you have a mellifluous voice. So, what is the uh, coffee we're enjoying this morning?
2: Uh, this is Starbucks Italian roast. Starbucks Italian roast. That is a roast. very dark coffee. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah. I. I. Um. I I tend to I tend to steer away from the darker roast at Starbucks because mm-hmm. their their coffee is a little over roasted for me anyway. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's good. Well, it
2: was a great deal. I a great saw deal. It. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. buy it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mix it up a little bit. You can you can actually I you're playing around with the mixture and and the uh, you know how many how many uh, scoops you use well, grind. Oh you can, yeah, you can yeah. adjust it, of course. Oh yeah, and uh, and, then, and of course
2: you got the bold button on the coffee maker. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Slow drip.
1: I, uh, I'm enjoying a lovely uh, from the Keurig this morning. Not as good as the uh, other coffee maker that we have, but I was a little pressed uh, for time this morning, so I ran a Keurig. And this is uh, just uh, some good old fashioned Dunkin' Donuts uh, from the old their their standard roast from the uh, Keurig. So not bad, not bad. It'll get you. It'll get you going on a mm-hmm. Saturday morning. Um, good week, uh, not for America, not for America. No, uh, it's my not, week, it's not my a good week.
2: My week was good. My daughter's in town, so uh, staying up late. Um,
1: you know, the the uh, the, the word that you mentioned, we often have a word for the show, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Mellifluous is one of our words. But, you know, to, today I, I, the word for the show is uh, sycophant.
2: Okay, I would think failure.
1: Failure would be a yeah, good one. Yeah. But uh, I was thinking of a, a good word to sort of encapsulate all the problems uh, of the Biden administration. And one of the things I thought about is uh, I, I've just been at a loss. No, we all are. For words. I'm I'm speechless. And one of the things that, uh, of course, if you guys do not know what a sycophant is, it's an obsequious yes-man or woman who simply tells the boss exactly what they want to hear and doesn't ask questions, doesn't uh, ask the hard questions in particular, and doesn't uh, do a a service uh, to the boss or, in this case, the country by simply going along with, with whatever nonsensical ideas th- the boss may have put on the table. The only thing that can explain, I, I don't even know that this explains it, Glenn. There, I- I'm trying to figure out what explains the level of incompetence that we are seeing unfold in Afghanistan, unfold on the world stage, but unfold from the White House. I, I don't know what the word is either. Um, you
2: notice the... Vice President, we have not heard very much from the Vice President in the past few days. No. Uh, I believe she's being distanced from this this problem. I mean, she has enough problems with the southern border that she's in charge of. Yeah. Plus, um, uh, she's, she's still trying to push through her, you know, budget or her, her deal, uh, the trillions. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think right now we need to concentrate on getting our Americans out from behind enemy lines. Yeah. Uh, I think we need to take back an airport or two. Um, and I don't think this war is over. I don't think we will uh, we' will be able to leave um, Afghanistan
1: no i think I think it will be very interesting to see how the next few days uh, pan out by the way the um, the word that i well what i the reports that I read were that the vice president was in California uh, campaigning. On behalf of the governor in in the recall effort but suddenly that seemed politically ill-advised so she Mm -hmm. came back to Washington apparently and uh, that's uh, actually in one of the stories that I clipped for the day but you know it's it's very hard to get your arms around just how bad things are I think you're right it's not over but I thought about this week I came home one day my wife and I were talking about it and and it was the Thursday afternoon it was the it was the day that the suicide bombing occurred Mm -hmm. and and she looked at me and she said, "Well, you know, we knew that was going to happen." We did. We knew something was going bad was going to happen. This I mean so well, my wife knew that was going to happen. My well, wife who is a homemaker, right. incredibly smart woman. Right. But she's not in D.C. She doesn't work. She, she's not a military strategist, she's not a she's not a national security advisor to the White House. Great point. She's a homemaker average, living in Merle's yeah. Inlet, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and I came home and the first thing she said was, "You know, we knew that was going to happen." And I'm like, well if we knew that was going to happen, yeah. Then certainly they knew that yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. And if the White House knew that was going to happen, Glenn, why are they doing this? I mean, it's almost we talk about this on the Liz show. It's almost like, you know that you talk about failure to plan. I talk with, I talk about mm-hmm. this with my kids. Failure to plan is planning to fail. It Looking back, armchair quarterbacking, and we're not even we're not even to armchair quarterbacking. I mean, the clock is still running, but just looking at what's happening, it's like you're sitting in the game. You're in the second quarter, and it like the coach is planning to fail. Right. What's up? They're in uh, the
2: game, and they were talking about our country. Yeah, you know, this is a this is a, a
1: major failure on so many different levels. It is astonishing. We will we will be paying the price for mm-hmm. what has happened over the last few months, and particularly this week, for decades, yeah. generations. Yeah. It's it's insanity. I, I think about this. Here's a, a thought that also occurred to me this week. You can remember um, Iran, the hostage crisis. Think about. I particularly remember the after effects of all that. I kind of vaguely remember, you know, I don't really remember it happening, but I kind of remember, I certainly recall. But think about the after effects of the Iran hostage. There were 50 hostages taken by the revolutionaries in Iran, 50-something, 52, I think. When we managed to get out of Afghanistan somehow, we know that there are going to be hundreds, thousands of people left behind, many of them Americans, Glenn. We may have, we, we will have hundreds of hostages. Well, the president said that
2: some people are want to stay. Some Americans want to stay. Can you imagine that? Those are going to be the people that are left behind, not the people that wanted so, to stay. His position is going to be they wanted to stay, and we're all going to know, no, they were left behind. The,
1: the people who are left behind. Oh, I'm
2: getting mad.
1: The people who are left behind, Glenn, are going to have two choices. They're going to get the surrender to the Taliban, mm-hmm. in which case they will be traded to D.C. for another few hundred thousand dollars in or millions of dollars in military equipment. Or they will be traded to ISIS-K, who will be behead them
3: mm-hmm.
1: on television. So they may w- want to be there, but, but don't think they know what they want. Let's put it that way. I don't I can't imagine any rational. Human being, that's an American citizen or a green card holder, or is an affiliate of America or an ally of America, or anybody who helped, and and don't forget they've got a list, they've got a biometric list. Yeah, I can't imagine any of those people wanting to stay in Afghanistan. That's not a rational thing to to, so. And the president doesn't even know how many people are over there. No. So how does he has no clue how many people want to stay, and there may be a handful of people who do, in fact want to stay but the i can assure you i mean think about this glenn thursday there was a suicide bombing and dozens of people were killed including 13 americans Mm -hmm. and so the very next day the very same spot where the suicide bomb went off was packed with people trying to get out of afghanistan right think about that they're ordering they're basically telling
2: americans stay away from those crowds because they know it's imminent we're going to have another attack yeah you know, if you're ever feeling useless, remember, it took 20 years, 20 uh, trillions of dollars, and four U.S. presidents to replace the Taliban with the Taliban. With the Taliban. Yeah, we should take a break.
1: Yeah, let's roll into a break. So we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to unpack uh, the events of the week. It's not a happy week for America, folks. But stick with us. We will get through it. Uh, coming up in the second half of Saturday Morning Coffee, we'll be talking to Representative Russell Fry, who has announced a run for Congress. And we'll also be talking to our own... Don Bound, Red Hat America. Don Bound will be joining us to give us an update on Red Hats America. Much to talk about today, unfortunately. But uh, stick with us. We'll be right back. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. This is Saturday Morning Coffee. I
3: miss my wife. It's lonely out in space. On such a time.
0: Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5.
1: Hi everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, we've talked many times about how life is so uncertain these days. We're coming out of a pandemic. There's a transition in the administration so much uncertainty in the world. How does Powell Financial Services assist its clients in coping with such uncertain times?
4: Well, Reese, we have developed and refined a proprietary process that we call the Wealth Audit. It helps families prepare for what we believe can be some of the most significant legislative and investor-related changes coming next year. This is the year to plan. Folks... I encourage you to reach
1: out. That's great financial advice from Scott Pyle. It's Pyle Financial Services. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at PyleFinancialServices.com. It's Pyle Financial Services,
0: aligning wealth with purpose.
3: Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA-CIPIC.
0: The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5.
5: Da,
3: da, ah, ah. Don't touch me. Hey Ray. Hey Sugar. Tell them who we are. Well, we're big rock singers. We got golden fingers, and we're loved everywhere we go. That sounds like us. We sing about beauty and we sing about truth. At ten thousand dollars a show, right? We take all kind of pills to give us all kind of thrills, but the thrill we never know. It's the thrill that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. Want to see my picture on the cover. Rolling Stone. Want to five, five copies for my mother. Yeah. Stone. Want to see my smiling face on the cover.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome Rolling back Stone. to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 723 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the program. Did not get a chance to share with you the uh, phone numbers in the initial uh, segment, but want to remind you guys that you are welcome to join the show. The call in line here at Saturday Morning Coffee is 843 903 2945. You can also text us your comments to the PCRX computers. Dot com text line. If you have you checking in already this morning, the pcrxcomputers.com dot com text line, as always, is eight four three seven nine eight talk. That's eight four three seven nine eight eight two five five. Twitter handle for the show is at Reese Boyd. At Reese Boyd is the Twitter handle. That's R E E S E B O Y D. And by the way, if you will follow me on Twitter, you will get uh, automatic updates when episodes of the podcast are posted to the podcast page so you can listen to Saturday listen to Saturday morning coffee at your convenience you can also email your comments to the show email address for the show as always is Reese Boyd SMC, at gmail.com Reese Boyd SMC at gmail.com and many of you like to call during normal business hours we actually heard from a, a few of you this week uh, Roy called in with some research tips Thank you Roy and few others dropped by to uh, get some help with uh, some, some legal matters. So I heard from a few of you this week. It's always nice to chat with uh, Saturday morning coffee listeners during the week when I'm at the day job at Davison Boyd. The office number there is 843-839-9800. Always happy to hear from you guys. When you have a question about anything, feel free to give me a shout there. Um, talking about the awful week that we've had in Afghanistan this week, by the way, did want to remind you guys that sh- that the show is available as a podcast in case you miss any episodes of Saturday Morning Coffee you can check out your podcast app on your phone or in your car on Apple CarPlay but search for Saturday Morning Coffee look for the blue and red coffee cup logo and click listen now or even better click subscribe and you'll automatically receive new episodes of Saturday Morning Coffee as they are posted uh, to the podcast page and thanks for following us and uh, appreciate those subscriptions been having uh, quite a bit of uh, feedback from the podcast which is kind of neat but uh, not a good week folks one of the, I just really have to say it's hard been hard to sleep this week one of the worst weeks that that I uh, recall in terms of just how hard it is to digest the news and figure out uh, what to what to say about it um, but uh, I haven't slept well this week I don't know about you guys. And uh, it's been a hard it's been hard to come to grips with what we have seen on the television screen every night. This has just been a not just a bad week for America, but as Glenn and I were discussing before the break, I think it's been a cataclysmic week. I think this will have lasting and drastic consequences for our country. And uh, and, and it is just a, a to say that it is a bad week is just a, an understatement. It is a it is a bad week of historic uh, proportions. And we're going to be paying a we will pay a price for it, folks, because uh, we have displayed not only remarkable weakness, but incompetent weakness and and weakness, folks, in in the world of in in the real world, um, in the geopolitical world, weakness always begets aggression. So a lot to talk about. Um, We actually have a couple of people dialing in. Tom, I think, is on the line. Glenn, what's Tom? Are you there? Good morning. Yes. Good
5: morning. Tom, can you hear me? Sorry about your, sorry right. about you not nice okay. buddy.
1: Now we lost Tom. No, Tom,
2: Tom, you hung up, I guess, buddy, or maybe had no, a
5: restroom or something. Tom, are you there? No, I'm there. Oh, right we lost right
1: Tom. Here. Tom, dry, drop, us uh, another call if you can. So, um, on the uh, on on the subject Hello? of Afghanistan, um, the uh, story again is um, not pleasant at all. There's a the uh, particularly the European press, just excoriating Biden for for what has transpired. Biden turned his back on my son. Fathers, a Marine killed in Kabul, ISIS suicide bomb blame present for deaths of 13 U.S. troops and 170 others. Pentagon warns president that another attack is likely. And uh, folks, just want to remind you guys that we had the most deadly day in Afghanistan. One of the things that... Um, you know, the president has said, and we're going to try to unpack all the insane things that the president has said this week, which is a full day job. And uh, that is going to be tough. But one of the things they have said and have continued to say is we can't have an endless war. Well, I want to remind y'all, think about this. Before Thursday, it had been 18 months since we had a service man, service woman, since we had had any military casualties in Afghanistan. So, The situation was, frankly, under control and had been under control for the last year of the Trump administration. A environment, a theater of operation where you have no casualties for 18 months is not an endless war. Okay, so let's dispel this crazy idea that we can't let an endless war go on forever. And we just had to pick a date on the calendar and be out. It was not an endless war. It was a strategic occupation, and we hadn't had a casualty in 18 months. But that was only because Trump made that deal, remember? He made that deal with the Taliban. That's what the the president president of the United States
2: argument was. Well, you know,
1: isn't it – okay, think about this, Glenn. It's an excellent point you raise, Counselor. Let me ask you this question. On the day he stepped into the White House, didn't Joe Biden issue like 574 executive orders? Yes, he did. Essentially undoing 99.9% of everything Trump did yes, in one did. fell swoop? Yes, he did. Okay, so why is it that the Trump administration was blown up in less than six hours, but the the Afghanistan policy is carved in stone on the foundation of the White House? Right. Why is the Afghanistan policy any different? from the southern border, immigration, um, anything else that they blew up in less than in, in, in the first working day at, on, on, on the job. Right. So it, this is not Trump's fault, y'all. And let me just say this. Trump would not have been talked... I don't believe Trump would have been talked into this nonsense. Absolutely not. I don't believe it for a second. This would have never happened. All you had to do was listen to Trump talking at the rally in Alabama mm-hmm. for... Thirty seconds or less, and you would realize that uh, that this would not have happened. Well,
2: and the statement that the pre- uh, President Trump um, uh, released um, was very presidential. Yes. Um,
1: yeah. And uh, so, yes, uh, we did. We lost thirteen individuals, and that, folks, is the deadliest day. Thursday was the deadliest day in a decade. Yep. Not since 2011 had we had yep. a day any worse than Thursday. Uh,
2: we do have a couple callers. You want to take that break real quick and knock that out, or you want to take a call? Let's. We... Uh, is
1: Tom with us? Tom, let's, Tom let's, should let's pull be with t- us. Tom, can up. you hear me?
2: Hold on, let me pull Tom up here.
1: All right, morning, Tom. Good morning. There he is. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. How are you doing this morning?
5: I'm okay. Um, I, I wanted to ask you if you've listened to Pesaki, uh, the press secretary, or as I call her, uh, Baghdad Barbara.
1: Baghdad Barbara. I like to call her uh, Pisaki, Tom. But uh, but yeah. I've listened, unfortunately, I've had to listen to her all week. I heard, I heard her tell me early in the week that people weren't stranded. Uh, there's nobody stranded in Afghanistan, because they're not, and they're not stranded because we're going to get them out. Then I, I heard her tell us Tuesday that they didn't really know how many people were there. And then, uh, don't worry, but we're going to get them out even though we don't have a clue uh, how many people are there. And, then, and now they're telling us that people will be left behind. So, yeah, I've been listening to every iteration of the lie this week.
5: Well, obfuscation, she's taken that to a level that I, I didn't think was humanly possible. I and agree. She has iron discipline. I'll give her that much. She sticks to the the script, and uh, facts don't make any difference whatsoever.
1: Yeah. I, what a shame. Well, what well, a, it's, a, it's a travesty. And you wonder, does the truth mean anything to this administration? No. So How are we going to get
2: these Americans out if they're now being told to stay away from the airport because of potentially having more terrorism and suicide bombers uh if you're hiding in the city to stay away from that how are we going to get you out how are we going to find you to yep. get you out they don't even
1: know where people are the,
2: the the major problem was giving up both of the airports uh we there's no way yeah. we should have let one of them even go let them. go two and one was just abandoned
1: yeah you know, yeah and now and now, we so secure,
5: a secure place, by the way,
6: John. Yeah
1: the the what most strategic with? the most strategic place in location. So Tom, we got to cut to a break, but thanks for calling. Have a great day, my okay. friend, and thanks for listening. Yeah. We'll talk to you yes, soon, sir. folks. It's uh, Saturday morning coffee. A lot more to talk about. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't wait
3: $10,000 a show, right? We take all kind of pills to give us all kind of thrills, but the thrill we never know is the thrill that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone.
0: Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team. So, Greg, we all know the real estate market is super hot right now. Can you give folks a quick snapshot of what's going on?
3: It's never been a more hot seller's market in my career. I mean, just think, one year ago, we had nearly 4,000 homes for sale. Today, we have less than 1,100 on the market, and 40% more homes are selling each month. So, complete opposite of what we had a year ago.
1: You've been in this market for over 24 years, locally. How does that experience translate to benefit your clients? You're right, Reese. Doing this for 24 years, we've learned a few things, and we specialize in
3: better communication, giving our clients more peace of mind, and just handling all the details, streamlining the process.
1: Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team at 843-251-2693 or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com. The Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along
0: the Grand Strand. Give them a call today. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours, full hours on Talk 94.5.
4: All right, stop, collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new adventure, something. Grab some older of me, tiny, flowing like a awful. Daily and nightly, will it ever stop, y'all? I don't know, turn off the light. And i go to the extreme i rock a fight like a band Light up stage and wax and jump Like a candle dance Caress a speaker that booms I'm killing your brain Like a poisonous mushroom deadly When I play a dope melody Anything less than the best It's a felony love it to leave it to bed. Good morning, everybody.
1: Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 737 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the big show. Wanted to follow up with some summary comments from our friends over at the Daily Mail. Unfortunately, sometimes in order to get uh, accurate reporting on some of these issues, you have to go overseas and uh, the overseas press is excoriating and rightly so. Your president, uh, they list the names of the 13, Officers, one of them is an unnamed special forces soldier, were all killed. Um, Biden turned his back on my son. Fathers a Marine killed in Kabul, ISIS, suicide bomb blamed president for, uh, for the deaths of 13 U.S. troops and uh, 170 others. Max Soviak, Riley McCollum, David Lee Espinoza, Kareem Naku, Hunter Lopez, Taylor Hoover, Ryan Noss, Dagan Page, Jared Schmidt, Umberto Sanchez, and the aforementioned unnamed Special Forces soldier lost their lives in Kabul, Kabul on Thursday, folks. And I, I found myself thinking, how much money would I pay for Joe Biden not to be president right now? Right. And, then, and then I thought to myself, how much money would these families pay right, for yeah. this knucklehead not to be president? Make no mistake. ISIS K, which
2: I don't really understand the difference between ISIS. I guess because we wiped them out. This is like Y2K. Um,
1: yeah, I still they, haven't figured out the K variant. But, yeah, but they're
2: supposed to be yeah. responsible. Oh yeah, but make no mistake, the Taliban is 100 percent responsible because they had checkpoints that allowed this suicide bomber through. They facilitated. They have so they may not like each other, but I think they will work together to kill Americans.
1: They all exactly. Glenn, exactly. The only incentive we had, and, and that's why I was I was on Liz's show on Friday, and I said, look, this is not rocket science, and everybody knows this, but it's worth saying again, it's worth repeating. Biden should have looked at the Taliban when we realized that we were in a declining situation. Biden should have stopped and said, look, let me tell you something, brother. You want us out of here. And guess what? It's been 20 years. We would kind of like to go home, but we're only going to do it on one set of terms, and they're going to be our terms. And what we're going to do is we're going to draw down our civilians. We're going to get them out safely. Then we're going to draw down our friendly Afghans, anybody who has helped us, who who has applied for a visa. We're going to draw those people down, evacuate them in an orderly process, and then we're going to get rid of whatever military equipment that we need to get rid of, blow it up or send it home. Bring it home. Bring it home, whatever we need to do and and then we're going to in an orderly fashion we're going to we're going to draw down our forces and and it's going to be on a timetable that we know is realistic and we're prepared if y'all can't agree to that i know y'all want us out of here by august or september 11 or whatever you want us out by and that's fine but we're prepared we're prepared to stay here until hell freezes over right if you don't agree to that
2: well there's 5000 troops on the ground right now um I, I think that's going to be there's going to be more yeah and bringing all the equipment home reese you know you see did you see the video of the taliban trying to fly a black hawk helicopter no i did not see that yeah yeah They. how did it, how how it work yeah. out for them? um it, it was kind of like the, um, the the little uh, drone up on mars <laughs> you know um but the thing is we probably couldn't have brought home every black hawk helicopter uh at least not on the on the inside of an airplane no, you can only fit like two of them when the wings are folded when the you know the the blades are folded you probably only fit two of them in there but my thought is why didn't we fly them out of the country somewhere else somewhere, safe, somewhere else and land yeah. them there and yeah. then worry about getting them home yeah but to leave them there the technology's probably already in china russia's hands oh sure uh, our night vision our goodness gracious man what a
1: by the way, foul, yeah, and it's very true, Glenn. And one of the things that uh, we we think about is you and I have talked about this. We think about uh, the images of Vietnam. I remember vi- reading about this is Saigon all over again, except it's only, it's it's fundamentally worse. Yeah, it's not happening in the sea. And we we you know I remember uh, the famous photograph looking at it in the in the uh, book as a kid. You know the famous photograph of uh, the helicopter on the Saigon embassy, and and I remember watching videos in the the film reels in, in school about uh, them pushing the pushing the uh, aircraft, yeah. aircraft and helicopters off of the aircraft carriers because we could not get everything home. But this... That this, was to make room for refugees, too. Yeah. This is far worse. Yeah. What we have done, what we have done here, in my opinion, is far worse. By the way, ISIS-K, the terrorist, escaped from a Bagram prison when Biden withdrew earlier this year. Again, a lot of unilateral decisions made by the United States... Uh, They are just completely idiotic. They are the group responsible, ISIS-K, for Thursday's suicide attack in Kabul. White House Secretary Jen Psaki said Friday, Biden does not want ISIS-K on this earth anymore. Well, now is a fine time to make that statement. It's a fine time to realize you don't want ISIS-K on the earth, Mr.
2: President. And when the Taliban let ISIS-K out of the prisons that they were in for killing Americans, why did we not drone strike them as they were escaping? Yeah. Why did we not just level that... That prison.
1: Pentagon officials on Friday confirmed that they are giving the tali- Taliban people's information. We've got yeah. uh, more yeah. to talk about on that. Biden administration thought naively that the Taliban would help evacuate the people on the list. How idiotic can you be? Thousands of ISIS-K prisoners were freed from a Bagram prison by the Taliban on August 15. The U.S. abandoned the air base at Bagram on July 2nd, leaving it in the hands of Afghan troops. That did mm. not work out very well. Uh, military experts have pinpointed it as the moment the U.S. gave Afghanistan over to the Taliban's regime. There are still at least, this is according to the Daily Mail, at least 500 Americans trapped in Afghanistan who want to get out but can't. And again, I question uh, whether that is an accurate number. But on Friday, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki Psaki said they cannot guarantee that everyone will get out. Folks, this is an absolute disaster. And, of course, the families of these 13 individuals who were killed are just irate, irate. Among them, one of the family members said, it's a junk show. It's a junk show, not just for Riley. That's one of the the servicemen who were killed. But for every serviceman and woman over there, they have been put in a very terrible spot. In my opinion, this entire uh, circumstance has been mismanaged from every level. The only thing I can hope for is that accountability isn't forgotten. Because of the 13 men who were killed yesterday, heads need to roll for the way Things have gone. Yep. Niku's father told uh, Father Steve, told the Daily Beast on Friday, they sent my son over there as a paper pusher and told them that the Taliban outside was providing security. I blame our military huh. leaders. Biden, ter- Biden turned his back on him. That's it. Would you want the Taliban providing security in this country? Why would we negotiate? I mean, why would why? we even think about why? relying on the Taliban to provide security? Yeah, James, online You want to? Holler yeah, at let's, him real quick? let's have a quick chat with James, and then we'll go to a break. James, good morning. How do you, How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Well, we're having a uh, a hard discussion about a hard week, James. But uh, yeah. God is still well, in charge. Really, God is I still really in charge.
6: Appreciate your. Uh, I really appreciate you guys working on Saturday morning. And this, anytime you have a disaster, it's going to be analyzed. While it's happening and afterward forever. But I wanted to uh, talk about the blame for a moment. You know, like you and your wife said, Reese, you, you kind of knew this kind of thing was going to happen. Whenever you have a, a, a president, and nobody even calls him president anymore, it's just Joe Biden.
7: Yeah. When
6: you have someone like that in office who we all could see that he was impaired, that he was incompetent, he always has been throughout his career. He never was qualified to be president in any way. So you you kind of say, okay, he's to blame, right? And all the people he put in in his cabinet and around him, they're all so incompetent or just clueless. It's hard to say which. So who's really to blame here? How did this person become president who cannot handle the job? You have to blame the media. The media vilified Donald Trump and everything he did from the moment he announced as president and almost all of it was undeserved. He made good decisions. He had a very good uh, presidency going. It was just complete nonsense to say he was racist and all that, that yep. stuff that they yep. did yep. the whole time. Then they then they started trying to find somebody to run against him and ended up with Joe Biden. Joe Biden the worst just and Kamala Harris the worst too possible candidates i mean anybody could have, could have been yeah. better so they got those two guys and the media made these two out to be oh they're going to be so great everything will go back to normal the world will be like it's supposed to be which was just a crock
1: and i think there's so, i think their theory don't james blame the media yeah i think their theory james was they would keep him in the basement you know, and you're right. The, the- I, I don't
6: know. I don't know. I don't think they really, the media didn't think that he was going to be able to leave. They just wanted to get Trump out. That's yeah. all they cared about.
1: Uh, you're so exactly the reason they wanted, to
6: get, they wanted to get Trump out because he is a monkey wrench in their globalist plans that they have to, you know, to make this country weaker, to make the, the world a sort of a homogenous place, I guess, with China yep. at the top. That seems to be what they want. I think you're yeah, right. You know,
1: I think you're right, James. And James, we've got to we got a we've got to cut to a break. We've got to go into a break. But I appreciate the call. You're exactly right. I I put this on the media, and uh, there are other parties we can also blame. But what a travesty! I you know, Biden campaign from the basement, and uh, and and look where look where this campaign has gotten us. So y'all take uh, we'll take a break, and we'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town.
4: A brand new something. Brand Text new us
0: 843 798 TALK. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on TALK 94.5.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, you and I have talked many times that there are lots of financial advisors in Myrtle Beach, but why would folks be well-served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning?
4: Reese, it really begins when they walk through the door. As fiduciaries, we put their interest above our own. We're not just a bunch of advisors competing with one another. What we do is we wrap the entire organization around their family, helping them navigate today and their future with a high level of comfort and confidence.
1: Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Call them anytime at 843-945-4480 or reach them online at PyleFinancialServices.com.
3: Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA-CIFIC.
1: Hi, this is Bubba
6: Collins. Medicare, when you reach age 65, is a critical part of your health insurance planning. Seniors and their families trust Bubba Collins Insurance and Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina to help with their health insurance coverage. It's easy to get overwhelmed with information. That's why people from all over trust us and Blue Cross. And using a licensed agent doesn't cost you anything. New to the area? We can help your transition to South Carolina coverage. Call me at Bubba Collins Insurance, 843 280 2012. That's 843 280 2012, or visit BubbaCollinsInsurance.com. We're located close by in Cherry Grove.
3: Hi, this is Darlene Collins. Call us here at Bubba Collins Insurance, 843 280 2012.
8: Hi, this is Travis Collins with Bubba Collins Insurance. Give us a call anytime. 843 280 2012. Saturday Morning Coffee,
0: the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.52 on your Saturday morning. I want to remind you guys that after the uh, top of the hour break, we'll be talking to Russell Fry. Russell Fry is a State House uh, member, member of the House of Representatives, going to be running for Congress. We'll be talking to Russell about his campaign. He had a campaign rollout last week. We're also going to be, going to be talking in the second hour to Don Bound. Had a couple of clips that I wanted to get to y'all. Of course, one of the horrible revelations that we've come to know this week um, in a what was a disastrously depressing week. Uh, U.S. officials, this from Politico, U.S. officials provided Taliban with names of Americans, Afghan allies to evacuate. White House contends the limited information sharing with the Taliban is saving lives. Uh, critics argue it's putting Afghan allies in harm's way. Uh, U.S. officials provided the Taliban with names of Americans, Afghan allies, to evacuate. White House contends the limited information sharing is good. Spokesman for U.S. Central Command declined to comment. The list issue came up during a classified briefing on Capitol Hill this week, which turned contentious after top Biden administration officials defended their close coordination with the Taliban. Biden officials contended that it was the best way to keep Americans and Afghans safe and to prevent a shooting war between Taliban fighters and the thousands of U.S. troops stationed at the airport. After the fall of Kabul in the earliest days of the evacuation, the joint U.S. military and diplomatic coordination team at the airport provided Taliban uh, representatives with a list of U.S. people the U.S. aimed to evacuate. The names included Afghans who served alongside the U.S. during the 20-year war and sought special immigrant visas to America. Dual nations and lawful permanent residents were also listed. Dual, dual citizenship, dual nationals, and lawful permanent residents were also listed. They had to do that because of the security so- situation, according to the White House. But after thousands of visa applicants arrived at the airport, overwhelming the capacity of the U.S. to process them, State Department changed course. As of August 25, only U.S. passport and green card holders were being accepted as eligible for evacuation. Still, the U.S. list that was handed over to the Taliban included all of those individuals and residents. And it shows the extent to which they outsourced security and other items and, and, and did other things in support of the American forces. The Taliban, in turn, has gone door to door in search of Afghan interpreters and others who helped the U.S. and Western forces. It's unbelievable, folks. It's a moral travesty. And uh, the president was asked about that uh, during his Thursday afternoon uh, press conference. And uh, let's see if we can pull that up real quick. He, um, yes, there have been occasions
7: like that, and to the best of my knowledge, in those cases, the bulk of that has occurred. They've been let through, but I can't tell you with any certitude that there's actually been a list of names. I know there may have been. But I know of no circumstance, it doesn't mean it's not didn't exist, that here's the names of 12 people that are coming and let them through. It could very well have happened. So basically,
1: the president lied, folks. He lied. And he's and and that's just one. There's several lies I'd like to share with you all. If we have time, we'll get to all of them. But he he has repeatedly lied. And, And some of this is going to be difficult to prove. It's going to be a challenge. But. If we can prove that the president lied, and I think we can because some of the briefings that he received are classified, but he needs to go. Mm-hmm. Joe has got to go. Folks, He li- he's lied repeatedly this week, and there's more. We'll get to it in the second hour. But it's insanity, and he is a liar. He's not just incompetent. He's not, just li- he's not gone around the bend. It's not all that. He's also lied to the American people multiple times this week. And if that can be documented... Uh, impeachment has been thon- thrown around in recent years, like yesterday's oh, yeah. newspaper. Yeah, it has. And Joe Biden needs to go. Many people need to resign as a result of this. But we've okay. got a caller who's been patiently waiting. Morning, Larry. Morning, Larry. Good morning.
5: Paul. Good morning.
1: How you doing this morning?
5: Well, I'm great. I, I, we, we, uh, picked, I picked up uh, Brenda Hoffman from Arvada, Colorado, who is a listener in the West. Oh, good. And I met her in, T- Jenny and I met her at TSA. I was out there for uh, some funerals of cousins, one military and one close friend forever.
1: Yeah, Larry, we got, Larry we're, we're heading into, I wanted to catch you before the end of the hour. We got about a minute before a hard break.
5: I know you do. So Brenda's here. She, she always wanted to come to South Carolina. I think she's going to move here. She loves who we are. So I'm going to let her say hello to Reese and Glenn from Colorado.
1: Hey, hey good morning, Brenda.
5: It's it's a pleasure to be on and
1: speak with you. Well, thanks for listening and welcome to South Carolina. I hope I hope Larry's feeding you well and giving you good coffee.
5: Oh, it's good delicious. good coffee, plenty of everything. We she spent the whole day yesterday in Conway in the museum and the Chamber of Commerce, and she's seen it from the inside out. And we started. Uh, in Conway, which was founded in 1732. Y'all have a great morning. Thanks for letting us on.
1: Thanks, Larry. Brenda, nice to meet you. Y'all have a great day, folks. Uh, That's uh, some good friends down in Murrells Inlet, and welcome to South Carolina, Brenda. We'll be right back after these messages with more Saturday Morning Coffee. Don't leave town. Hi everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team. Greg, if you represent a seller in this market, how do you help them determine what the right listing price is in a market such as this? To determine the right listing price
3: today, you have to look at the current pendings that are comparable. We don't even need to look at the closed sales because that's in the past. In an upward trending market that's going up this quickly, we look at homes that are on the market that are for sale or have just gone pending, and that's what we're basing our pricing on but you have to be careful not to overprice when a home is on the market for more than 25 to 30 days people start wondering what's wrong so you got to be careful not to overprice it
1: great real estate advice from greg sisson reach greg and the greg sisson team at 843-251-2693 or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com the greg sisson team your choice for real estate experts here along the grand strand give them a call today
0: This is WTKN Talk 94.5, Merle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach, Conservative Opinion and Insight, WTKN. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.06. 8.06 on your Saturday morning, just a little something for the pain. Sounds like something we all need. It's been a painful week for America, folks, a painful week to witness, a painful week to be a part of. Our hearts go out to the families of those 13 uh, servicemen killed, in Kabul on Thursday mentioned their names earlier, but uh, our, our hearts are broken this morning for the loss of life and the and just the general humiliation that this country has suffered this week in Afghanistan. Folks, our president is doing multi generational harm to our mm-hmm. nation. Uh, we will be paying a price for this for decades. And, um we will not know the long term consequences of this for a while and it's really all we're talking about this morning but right now because it's all I really want to talk about um there there's nothing else immediately on the agenda that is is i think more troubling and more uh dangerous for our long term national security you know there is this uh china virus that everybody wants you to be panicked about but frankly i'm worried <laughs> that uh that we're going to we're going to lose this country before before anything else uh, happens, we're going to lose it ourselves. It's not going to be a virus that does us in. We're going to do ourselves in. Joined here in the studio, who's going to give his own insight into this matter is uh, is uh, joining us here in the studio is Russell Fry. Russell is a sitting member of the House of Representatives, and he announced this week that he is running for Congress against uh, Tom Rice, uh, who represents District Seven in the United States. Uh, House of Representatives, District 7 from South Carolina. And Russell, good morning. Welcome to the show.
8: It's always good to be here, Reese. I really appreciate you having me on.
1: It's good to uh, always good to have you in the studio with us and you announced your campaign last week. I was away on vacation, but you, I think you you must have timed it that way, but we were in uh, we were in Wyoming and I read about your announcement uh, uh, while I was sitting at the foot of the Grand Teton Mountains, but I heard you had a great turnout. Wanted to have you uh, on the show to give everybody an opportunity to hear about the campaign and also you wrote a rather uh, strong word, strongly worded statement. I wanted to share with the with our listeners that uh, called on Biden to appoint Trump to oversee the Afghanistan withdrawal. This is from the Sun News. <laughs> That's isn't a p- great idea. Isn't that a great idea? Yeah. That's a great idea. So uh, this is a, this from the Sun News. South Carolina Representative Russell Fry called on Biden to appoint former President Donald J. Trump as a special envoy to oversee the remainder of America's pullout. So since we've been all Afghanistan this morning, let's start with that.
8: Yeah, you know, I mean, it, 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 you know, I, I posted this out there. I was thinking about it and, and how with this August 31st deadline that, that is out there and the Taliban's inability or uh, un, unwillingness to extend that out there uh, f- to get our people out, you know, you start thinking, how do you get them out safely and timely? Who can do this? Because it's very clear, reason you talked about this. These, these, these were both predictable and preventable. Kind of the calamity that we're in. I mean, and every time that that Biden has touched Afghanistan, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And so, h- how do you put? Uh, do you have faith if he was impeached or resigned uh, today? Do you have faith that uh, Kamala Harris could could follow up and do it effectively? And, and I, I just don't No, No. Uh, and so how do you get them home safely? Well, uh, you, you turn to a predecessor. And in this case, I know that 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 campaign was nasty. Uh, we all know that. But th- there is a lot of history on the world stage of. For, or presidents turning to former rivals, and we uh, FDR did this in World War II. Mm-hmm. He asked his former Republican opponent to deliver a personal letter yeah. uh, to Great Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Truman did this as well uh, when he used uh, President Hoover uh, to to go and and, and distribute food uh, throughout Europe. So it is not unprecedented on the world stage where f- political rivals at home. Uh, become americans on the world stage and yeah. and president trump of course has a record of of success in a lot of fronts i mean uh, but being able to kind of cut through red tape and just get something done yeah i think the goal for uh, all of us is that we want our people safely returned home to us yeah. and uh why not use why not use them
1: as i was listening as i was listening to his speech his comments at the rally which i thought were fairly presidential i yeah. thought he handled the the situation with a little bit of tact, which I was appreciative of. But I thought to myself, how much would I – literally, I said this earlier in the show – how much would I pay for him to be in the White House right now? I mean, how much damage has this president, Biden, done to this country in in, in such a short span of time? We we will be years, in my opinion, decades, working our way out of the hole that they have dug – in just the last few weeks in Afghanistan,
8: yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, just from from a from a perception standpoint, from all fronts, um, uh, just just the, the the way that this has gone has been, I mean, it, the worst possible way that, that you could do it, and yeah. it, it it has unfortunately led to to the deaths of our you know American men and women, and, um, it, and it's and it's just it, it's awful to see, and it, it makes it's your' It's it's like this range of emotions. You're yeah. sad. You're you're angry. You wanna uh, you wanna do something about it. Um, you just you you don't know why. And it isn't like that. You know things happen sometimes in the world. You know we had Pearl Harbor that wasn't that happened. Uh, you had nine eleven. Sometimes things just just happen. But here, it's it's like that. We 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 watched as this unfolded, and you knew that it was kind of headed this direction.
1: Yeah and and we talked about it earlier my, I went home thirsty and my wife said you know we knew this was going to happen and it it makes you wonder it's not even you know as lawyers you're a lawyer you have negligence and then when things get so bad it, it's you get beyond anything yeah. that can be explained by simple negligence you you say well th- this has to be intentional you can't accidentally make things this bad you know and so and and one of the things you know this you're a student of history as well um blatant displays of incompetent weakness which is what we have displayed this mm-hmm. week on the world stage weakness always begets aggression correct and our enemies are paying attention to what has happened correct. and i don't and i don't know if it will be china in taiwan or if it will be russia in eastern europe mm-hmm. but but somebody is going to seize upon this display of weakness as a moment of opportunity right and and my thought russell is not just I'm absolutely irate over the 13 Americans who died on Thursday. But I also am wondering how many Americans will die in the future as a result of this intentional incompetence on
2: American soil.
1: Yes, it, it, it will be coming home. Yeah, it's probably already here. I can promise you people are already contemplating their next move. And when I say people, I mean enemies. I mean Mm -hmm. people who don't wish us dead uh, well. I mean people who want us dead. Mm -hmm.
8: Look, when there's a power vacuum, it's going to get filled, period. We're seeing that in Afghanistan, certainly right now. And, you know, the unfortunate reality is whether physically uh, or for whatever reason, every time that Biden speaks, he just looks like he's not there. And this isn't making fun of um, anything that's going on mentally. Mm -hmm. But you, you can't run a country if you're in a diminished capacity. And his press conference the other day was even more frustrating when we needed kind of somebody to stand up and be forceful and resolute. We didn't get that. And nobody got that. I mean, you just you just wonder who's running the country right now.
1: Yeah, I want to I play, Russell, since you asked about that. Let's, let's just take a quick listen to uh... a tough day. This is Biden on Thursday.
7: This evening in Kabul, as you all know, terrorists attacked that we've been talking about, worried about, that the intelligence community has assessed, uh, has undertaken an attack by a group known as ISIS-K, took the lives of American service members. I
1: mean... Can you imagine a a less impressive response? I mean, that's how he opened his press conference on Thursday. And he said, by the way, that the intelligence community had been assessing this risk, something that he had previously denied. Mm. He previously said in another statement earlier in the week that nobody gave him any indication Uh, that that was going to happen.
8: They they, they just they they are in a tailspin on. I mean, every it's, it's like every step that they make, there's no. It it just gets worse. It's and much
2: easier if you just tell the truth. You know, you yeah. keep telling lies, and you can't remember the lie you told, and it, it just goes downhill from there.
8: And I'll say this, Reese. People might view this from a partisan standpoint. Obviously, I'm a, a conservative. You are, Glenn is. Yep. People yep. might view this from that, that that he's you know he's Biden, and we're we're on opposite. This has nothing to do with this. It is everything to do with a an American blunder overseas. And yeah. That's, you know, I, I would be equally as critical agree. of a Republican president Agreed. in the missteps that they made on this, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, because at if. the end of the day, this was predictable, it was preventable, and it has unfortunately led to people who, who served our country yep. yeah. uh, losing their lives. Losing their
1: life. And, and more will come. Mm-hmm. And to your point, Russell, if this was Donald Trump, I would be just as critical as I am right now because this a blunder of this magnitude cannot be excused. It's like you and i were were talking uh earlier it's not even negligence no. it's almost as if you are you you plan to fail right and and if Donald Trump made these mistakes, I would be just as critical. Donald Trump was not perfect Mm-mm. there were there were plenty of times where I was like. I really wish he would act a little more presidential. I wish he would put down the Twitter handle, uh, you know, put down the Twitter feed. But you know, one of the things I thought about this week, if Donald Trump was president, he, he would be in Kabul engaged in hand-to-hand combat with the Taliban. I mean, mm-hmm. yep. he wouldn't put up with this.
8: And I don't I don't think he would have, and we would not have seen this and and, and the press conference the yesterday. Yeah. Hit, that we would have we would have projected strength in yes. that moment. Absolutely. Uh so we – it is maddening. But I think that – look, I think there's, there's options out there for the Biden administration. Yeah. I don't know if they'll take them. But I like
1: your
2: idea, though. I like the way you think. I don't think they'll take them because it would cost them the 2024 election.
1: I would, I would pay good money uh, to have Donald Trump step in and get us out of this mess. We need a recall. We need a recall. I wish we could. <laughs> Folks, it's uh, Saturday Morning Coffee. We're talking to Russell Fry. We're going to talk a little bit more after the break, if that's all right. Yeah, perfect. So uh, he's going to stick with us. We're going to talk about his campaign for Congress. And we'll be right back after these words from our very helpful sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Russell Fry, And that's Glenn Dye. Don't
0: leave
3: town.
0: Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. And more coming up next on Talk 94.5.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, we've talked many times about how life is so uncertain these days. We're coming out of a pandemic. There's a transition in the administration so much uncertainty in the world. How does Powell Financial Services assist its clients in coping with such uncertain times?
4: Well, Reese, we have developed and refined a proprietary process that we call the Wealth Audit. It helps families prepare for what we believe can be some of the most significant legislative and investor-related changes coming next year. This is the year to plan. Folks, I encourage you to reach
1: out. That's great financial advice from Scott Pyle. It's Pyle Financial Services. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at PyleFinancialServices.com. It's Pyle Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose.
3: Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Team. So how do you coach a buyer who's involved in an environment where there are multiple offers being submitted? Because most
3: of these deals are going multiple offers, Reese. You've got to have a buyer that absolutely has to have the property, meaning the motivation is there. Going in strong with terms and price is the way you win in this market.
1: So, Greg, how do you work to ensure that your
3: clients don't pay too much? The law of supply and demand says when there's not much of something available and tons of demand, prices have to go up. But if the home meets their needs and they have to buy today, we're not going to let them overpay, but they need to do what it takes to win.
1: Great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team at 843-251-2693, or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com. The Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 823 on your Saturday morning. We're talking this morning to Representative Russell Fry, who has announced recently that he is officially a candidate for Congress. Just during the break, our own producer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye, passed me a list of equipment that uh, we ostensibly left in Afghanistan and wanted to play uh, this little clip for you, I'm not sure who this is, Glenn, but it's an impressive list, y'all. It's uh, Christmas has come in August for the Taliban. Did you, see the, did you see the subject coming to a neighborhood near you? Yeah, coming to a neighborhood near you. Mm-hmm. And, and the interesting thing, now Biden wants to go back into Afghanistan, Glenn. We're, we're going to have to. And when we go back into Afghanistan, it's we're going to be, be shot at. Yes, we are. By weapons, weapons that you and I paid for Yep, are going to be used to shoot at our yep. men and women. That's what's we're that's what we're looking at, Russell. Here's- I
2: asked Reese this morning, why didn't we not just? You can't take so many helicopters too on an airplane, okay? You can only fit so much. Why didn't we not just just fly them to a safer place, and and then worry about getting them home?
8: I think that would require you to to care. Uh, and okay, it's it, it just seems like that they haven't at, on any on any front. So
1: here on that note is. One member of Congress—I had it in my notes, but I don't see the note. But here is a member of Congress. Uh, I think it's from a, one, one of the one of the reps from Ohio testifying on equipment that you and I paid for, hmm. that we paid for, that we left behind. Uh, listen, take a listen to this.
9: Taliban now has access to over eighty-five billion dollars worth of American military equipment. That includes seventy-five thousand vehicles, over two hundred airplanes and helicopters over 600,000 small arms and light weapons. The Taliban now has more Black Hawk helicopters than 85% of the countries in the world. But they don't just have weapons. They also have night vision goggles, body armor, medical supplies. And unbelievably, unfathomable to, unfathomable to me and so many others, is that the Taliban now has biometric devices which have the fingerprints, eye scans, and the biographical information of the Afghans who helped us over the last 20 years.
1: So that is truly amazing and flabbergasting and disgusting. And I apologize, folks, I'd I'd written down who that was speaking, but I think that's a member of the Ohio delegation. But that is testimony that was given on Capitol Hill uh, this week. And uh, just it's unbelievable.
8: It is. It really is. That just, you know, there was no communication with our uh, partners uh, in the region with the Afghan security forces. You leave bases in the middle of the night. Uh, you leave behind equipment. Uh, uh, just it's just every everything about this is just terrible.
1: Yeah. And we were talking earlier. You, you raise a good point. You have to go to the European press to get a full accounting on some of this and the and the French and the British have done a better job evacuating than we have. Yeah. And they're mad at us because we have compromised the lives of their people and their uh friends and they went into Afghanistan for us.
8: Right. We're the reason they're there. Right. With us. And and and, and they're doing it better. I mean, it, it is just – and I don't think people realize – I mean, if you follow it like we are, you you know kind of every little blunder. But it, it is it is a domino effect in the worst possible way.
1: Yeah. The the geopolitical ramifications of all this are phenomenal, and we don't even have a clue yet what they fully are. But let's talk about your campaign. We were going to switch gears. We can't seem to get off of Afghanistan, but you announced a campaign. You're going to run for Congress. I am.
8: Um, Tell us why you're running. You know, look, I'm, I'm running because I think at the end of the day, people want a representative they can trust. They want a consistent uh, conservative. Uh, they want somebody up there who's not afraid to engage in public debates in, in the, the issues of the day, uh, you know, t- uh, obviously impeachment, the impeachment vote from Tom Rice really kind of opened up a lot but yep. even notwithstanding that mm-hmm. uh you know the, the the criticism is that we we want people to to go up there and fight and not just throw bombs we want people to go up there and effectively fight strategically fight and yep. get things done yep. um, i've got a record of doing that at the state house as uh your representative and and certainly as the as the whip and uh we need that in dc we need that kind of uh that that hustle that kind of blue collar hustle up there too to make sure that you're, you're advocating successfully on behalf of your uh, district and that you're listening to the, the the opinions within your district, chief, you know, chief and most importantly.
1: Yeah. And how long have you – remind folks how long you've served in the House?
8: Uh, I got elected in 2015, started my uh, service officially in January of 2016.
1: Oh, good. So about six years. hmm Very good. And that's a good uh, – I mean, I think after six years you should move on. And uh, it's uh, – by the way, where do you stand on term limits? Have you have you ever come officially on? Yeah,
8: I'm, I'm, and I've, I've I've supported them publicly with a with a vote. Yeah. Uh, so you've got convention of states, you've got the term limits things out there like that. So uh, I think people should be uh, should recognize the 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 intent of the founders is mm-hmm. that you you do a tour of public service because that's what it's about. It's yeah. not it's not about politics. It's about serving the public, being a public servant, I think there's a big, big difference there in just how you approach it. Yeah. Uh, but here, you know, I think you do that and then you, you come on home. You are not supposed to go to Washington for 20 years.
1: Forever. Absolutely. Amen to that. So would you support, I take from your comments as a member of Congress, would you support a term limits amendment?
8: Yeah, I do, and I've supported them on the state level. I mean, yeah. I think people, I think yeah. people need to be held accountable for that.
1: Would you support a balanced budget amendment?
8: I have, and I voted for that with the Convention of States project as yep. well.
1: Those are actually, that's the two reasons that I support the Convention of States projects because mm-hmm. I've, uh, C- Convention of States project because I've come to believe that we probably won't get those things. And, and think about this, Russell. We don't even talk anymore. You don't even hear people talk about a balanced budget. Congress just uh-huh. spends money and they're relying on the Federal Reserve to print it, and that cannot go on forever. Nobody knows exactly when the system will break, but at some point it will break.
8: One of the, one of the days the, these chickens are coming home to roost, and we've got to have to pay that credit card bill. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is uh, unfathomable to me just this uh, the idea that we can continue to spend our way out of this. You know. It
1: is unbelievable. Twenty years ago, even ten years ago, you would hear people talk about the the budget deficit, the problems. But you don't even hear members of Congress harping about a balanced budget anymore. Mm-hmm. They're just spending money. I would say like drunken sailors, but they'd give drunken sailors a bad name. You know? Yeah, you
8: know, we're you know, reason in South Carolina, we're required to pass a balanced budget, and we do. I mean, we 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 our numbers are not out of sync. We have to get them firmed up by the Board of Economic Advisors to make sure that. Everything is balanced down to the penny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 I think the federal government could learn a few lessons from states like us.
1: Amen. Well, Russell, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Any parting words you want to share with our listeners?
8: No, I'm, I'm excited about the race. Really appreciate you having me on. I do want to take a point of personal privilege and give sure. a shout-out to my four-year-old son, James, who's listening in. Probably your youngest member there you uh, go. or young, youngest uh, listener. Good morning, uh, James. <laughs> but, but, no, we're excited about okay. the race. We had a great event, about 170 people. The energy's good the the, the you know pe- people want to believe in, in their leadership again and their congressman again and I'm excited about it it's been it's been uh, you know Reese is a candidate you know this. There are good days as a candidate and there are days that aren't so good uh, but it's been it's been a, a, a good couple weeks so far and I'm really excited about the race.
1: Well that's great. If folks want to get in touch with your campaign if they want to help you how can they get in touch?
8: Uh, RussellFrySC.com is our website. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you name it. I think I'm on everything but TikTok at this point. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're out there. And, and Call me, email me, text me, throw something at me. I'm happy to, always happy to talk to you.
1: Well, folks, it's Representative Russell Fry, member of your House of Representatives and now a candidate for Congress. Russell, have a great day. Come back anytime. Thanks,
8: Reese. Appreciate you having me.
1: Folks, it's Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors, which we hope you'll support. And uh, after the break, we'll be back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. Don't leave town.
0: saturday morning coffee call the show at 843-903-2945 the reese boyd radio hour returns after these on talk 94.5 the reese boyd radio hour two full hours on talk 94.5 in a cave
3: below the ground Way down, it's cold and it's dark. But he knows his way around, and the mazes of the underground are no match for him. But he looks just like a traveler who hasn't showered in a while. I've been living in the ground. Milo is your best friend. He's your second cousin. All roads lead to these rising sun. Milo is a long, long way from home, yeah. Milo is a name
1: you won't forget. Milo, I haven't met yet. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, 836 on your Saturday morning. I want to thank Russell Fry, Representative Russell Fry, for joining us here in the studio this morning for a... Fun and fascinating interview. A lot going on. Russell Fry has suggested that Donald Trump be nominated by the president as a special envoy to deal with the Afghanistan situation. Don't think that will happen, but nonetheless, come on, God, help us out. Yeah, come on, God, we need a we need a hail mary. And, yeah, we do. Uh, we need a hail mary. Yes, we do. <laughs> Fourth down and forty eight, yeah. and uh, we need some help. And I was thinking seriously, Glenn, when I was watching the nonsense unfold this week, that I literally believe Donald Trump would personally go to Kabul, 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 I keep Kabul. saying it, Kabul, Kabul, and literally engage the Taliban in hand-to-hand combat himself. Yeah, I think the Kabul is what's here in... Yeah, the Kabul. Right. Kabul. Oh, okay. Kabul. I, get, I get them, Kabul. I get I get Kabul. them confused. Yeah. But one of the uh, more eloquent we've been, we've been trying to unpack just how bad the week has been. want to share with you guys a uh, sad development. Um, maybe it's sad. I'm not exactly sure how to how to look at it. But one Marine commander uh, took to social media this week to criticize uh, his, his commander-in-chief and his uh, service commanders, and he is now out of a job. And um, it hmm. is uh, unfortunate, but Lieutenant Colonel, Colonel Stuart Scheller who is, I believe, a 17-year veteran of, of Afghanistan, is now uh, relieved of duty. But here's his comment on social media that got him in hot water.
10: The people are so upset on social media right now is not because the Marine on the battlefield let someone down. That service member has always rose to the occasion and done extraordinary things. People are upset because their senior leaders let them down, and none of them are raising their hands and accepting accountability or saying, we messed this up. If an 05 battalion commander has uh, the simplest live fire incident, EO complaint, boom, fired. But well, we have a secretary of defense that testified to Congress in May that the Afghan National Security Force could withstand the Taliban advance. We have chairmen of Joint Chiefs who are the commonwealth is a member of that. who's are supposed to advise on military policy. We have a Marine combatant commander. All of these people are supposed to advise. And I'm not saying we've got to be in the, in Afghanistan forever, but I am saying... Did any of you throw your rank on the table and say, hey, it's a bad idea to evacuate Bagram Airfield, the strategic air barriers, before we evacuate everyone? Did anyone do that? And when you didn't think to do that, did anyone raise their hand and say, we completely messed this up? I've got battalion commander friends right now. They're posting similar things. And they're saying, you know, wondering if all the lives were lost and and if it was in vain, all those those people that we've lost over the last 20 years. And he goes on to say that we're all part of a chain. While every link may not be tested, the strength of the chain is only as strong as each link, and you got to be you know, a good link, something like that. And what I'll say is, and from my position, potentially all those people did die in vain if we don't have senior leaders that own up and, and raise their hand and say, we did not do this well in the end. Without that, we just keep repeating the same mistakes. This amalgamation of the economic-slash-corporate-slash-political-slash-higher-military ranks are not holding up their end of the bargain. Amen. I want to say this very strongly. I have been fighting for 17 years. I am willing to throw it all away to say to my senior leaders... I demand accountability.
1: Amen to that. And unfortunately, at least in terms of his career, perhaps he did throw it all away. But folks, how can you argue with that? I mean, it's it's unbelievable what has happened. And even I, I'm not I'm not in the Marines, I'm not in Afghanistan. I'm not a a professional uh, military strategist by any stretch of the imagination, but even I, Glenn, we know abandoning Bagram Airfield, the most strategic location in country, and even if you did have the Kabul airport with one airstrip, Mm -hmm. it only takes one mortar round Mm -hmm. to take that airport out of commission. Right. One airstrip. abandoning the Bagram Airfield in the middle of the night without telling anybody on July 7th, on what planet? Who thought that was a good idea? Well, I believe Trump said that he
2: would never have given that uh, air, airport up.
1: Nobody would have. No. I mean, nobody who, n- nobody who had the best interest of our best interest Correct. at heart. Right. I mean, unless you're fighting for the other team. Which <laughs> honestly looks possible. I mean, I. I I'm, you have to You. – I'm grappling – for a way to understand, and, and really, frankly, I've had the conversation this week, is can the president commit treason? Yeah. If the president acts in a manner that is directly contrary to American interest, how is that not treason?
2: I call for court-martial and then uh, impeachment. So, I mean, he was a commander-in-chief.
1: It's unbelievable, folks. Sure it is. And I, I really do wish, pray, I would give anything, frankly... As we said earlier, Donald Trump's not perfect, but if he were in the White House, we would not be dealing with what we are dealing with now. We might be dealing, I'm sure, with another set of problems, but they would not be this set of problems, Mm -hmm. which is uh, good that we have our next guest coming on board because uh, he knows something about uh, the president and uh, how his mind works. Uh, One of our favorite president's uh, favorite fans, Donald Trump. Jay Trump, uh, always a, a someone in his corner, was our own Don Bound, formerly Red Hats for Trump, but now has started Red Hats America, joins us here in the studio this morning to talk about all that's happening and all that uh, has happened. Good morning, Don. Welcome to
11: the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me on again. It's always a pleasure to come in and, and talk with you guys on a
1: Saturday morning and recap the week. and give yeah. a little guidance of what we think. So it's, it's exciting for me to come in. Yeah. And we were talking earlier, we've been talking obviously a lot this morning about Afghanistan and everything that's happening. And uh, one of the things I wanted to, to get your take on is where do you think, where do you think we would be if, if Trump were in the white house? What, what would Trump have done different? I, I certainly, I, I think we all have our ideas. What do you, th- what do you say to that? Well, it's, it brings me
11: back to the moment that he went to North Korea and he stepped across that line mm-hmm all by himself, and there were was, was snipers all over that hill that could have taken him out in a heartbeat. Yeah. How, do you think Joe Biden would have even gone there, let alone cross that line? I mean, there's just no comparison. I mean, I just don't know how to even talk about what I see this country involved in right now. I've listened to you. I've listened to Liz this week. I've listened to other places, people talking, and it, it's all the same thing. It's just a hollow shell that somebody, and we don't know who it is, that's pulling his strings.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's. Sycophants, <clears throat> a bunch of sycophants. Susan Rice, uh, <sighs> the Secretary of State, the Secretary. The, these people need to resign. The people need to lose their jobs. I'm hoping and praying Biden will resign or that he will be repeat, impeached. But heads need to roll, Don. But look at. Okay. I agree with you 100%, Reese.
11: 100,000%. Look who's next in line and look who's next in line. Mm-hmm. How does. I mean, <clears throat> we can wish. You know the old story is be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Okay, I understand. I wish Donald Trump was back in. I know damn well there would not be this problem. We may have another problem, like you said, but there's no way on earth. We wouldn't we, be in this mess. We wouldn't be giving up $60 billion worth of assets. Yeah. I mean, he'd be over there, and I think you said earlier, he'd be right there at, at Kabul, <laughs> standing there saying, okay, take this plane over here, do this, do this, yeah. with, his, with his flight jacket on, and then that's how he would be there. He wouldn't be from his basement or not up on the stage, not take. You know, remember Biden saying, who's next? Who do I who do I call yeah. on my list? Well, hey,
2: the beginning of, of the beginning of Biden's speech, he <laughs> sounded like it's been a it's been a terrible day. Like he had yeah. a flat tire. It
1: was awful. Yeah. Yeah, it was awful. And as a matter of fact, <laughs> uh, Don, listen to this. We, we played the beginning of the press conference. Here's the, here's the way the president ended the press conference. Listen, listen to uh, how. The President of the United States ended his press conference on Thursday.
7: May God bless you all and may God protect his troops and all those standing watch for America. We have so much to do within our capacity to do it. We just have to remain steadfast.
1: What is he talking about? We will
7: complete our mission and we will continue. After our troops have withdrawn, to find means by which we can find any American who wishes to get out of Afghanistan, oh, oh. we will find them and we will get them out.
1: So, what he's saying there—that—that's how he ended his his presser. And what he's saying is, we're going to leave people. we're going to we will well, we're, we're going to get, get our go people back. back. We're going to go back and, and we're get gonna, you. by any means. We're going to. So, what what he's admitting there? is we're going to leave, and we're going to leave people, but don't worry, we'll come back. I mean, mm-hmm. that is just one more lie. And it, some of them want to stay, of course. Oh, yeah, and some of them want to stay. Nobody Remember, according to Jim P. nobody nobody's stranded. Not right. So we've got to take a quick break. Are you going to stick with us? Stick sure. with us, please. Yep. We've got, we got Red Hats to talk about. Okay. And, uh, folks, we're talking to Don Bown, who is the uh, uh, chairman of Red Hats America, and uh, we're talking about Donald J. Trump and how he wouldn't have gotten us into this mess. It's Reese Boyd and Saturday Morning Coffee. That's Don bound That's Glenn Die. Don't leave town.
0: Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, you and I have talked many times that there are lots of financial advisors in Myrtle Beach, but why would folks be well served to contact Pile Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning?
4: Reese, it really begins when they walk through the door. As fiduciaries, we put their interest above our own. We're not just a bunch of advisors competing with one another. What we do is we wrap the entire organization around their family, helping them navigate today and their future with a high level of comfort and confidence.
1: Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pile Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Call them anytime at 843 843- or reach them online at pilefinancialservices.com
3: Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA CIPIC.
0: Are you moving from one home to another? Perhaps moving your business from one location to another? Are you stressed over your move? Two Men in a Truck are your local movers who care. Two Men in a Truck take special care of your individual needs, matching your
3: needs with an experienced professional, offering knowledge and advice every single step of the way. At Two Men in a Truck, remember, every move is unique and never too small. Residential or commercial, Two Men in a Truck do it all. They offer free, on-site estimates as well as packing services. Google Two Men in a Truck Myrtle Beach to
0: Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd radio hour is now two full hours. Full hours on Talk
3: 94.5.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. A little worn out in between. I think we're all feeling a little worn out this week. Talking to Don Bound with Red Hats America, talking about the abject, abysmal failure that Afghanistan is and has been for the last few weeks and can, will continue to be. Many of you checking in on the pcrxcomputers.com text line. Cadillac Gary checking in. Dave checking in. The Climbers, Jesse the Horseman. Good morning to all of uh, our loyal listeners. Joni and Paulies checking in. Pauly's Island. Uh, from Joanne, Joni, excuse me, and Paulies, it's time for the White House at the State Department the Pentagon to take full responsibility for current events in Afghanistan and re-strategize our departure, good, or determine to remain indefinitely. After all, as is our case in other parts of the world, if not, they should deter, defer to others who can and will lead with integrity. Our departure plan from Afghanistan is a stunning failure, and an unprecedented embarrassment to our country, to our military, to our veterans, to our allies, and to the world. No one is perfect, and we certainly are not a perfect nation, yet we are phenomenally better than this. Amen to that. Way to go, Joni. You're absolutely correct. We are phenomenally better than this and must remain the trusted beacon of light to the world. Amen. Amen to that again. Who, is, who else is going to be the beacon of freedom for the world, folks? That's why we cannot... Screw this up. And we are definitely screwing this up. The pontificator checking in. Democratic Party is destroying itself. Inflation, COVID, Afghanistan, southern border. What actions could destroy it uh, more quickly? Absolutely. I agree. The only problem, pontificator, is the Democratic Party is not just destroying itself. They're destroying the whole country. What's happening in Afghanistan? What's happening on the southern border? What's happening with our response to COVID? It is destroying this country. It's being destroyed right in front of our very eyes. They're not just destroying themselves, they're destroying all of us. So what do you think, Don?
11: Well, I said earlier, um, I've been out of the service for close to 60 years, 55 years, I think. And it just absolutely destroys me personally inside, and I have a hollow spot for what's going on. But I can't imagine the people that just got out of the service in the last, you know, two, three, four, five years being over there, defending our country, risking their lives. And then come out and see, excuse me, what Biden's doing to them. I just can't even begin to imagine what they're going through. It's what they, you know, I would be saying, what, what did I do that for?
7: Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's deeply disturbing. Let's talk about something uh, slightly more encouraging. (laughs) Uh, Tell us a little (laughs) bit about Red Hats America. But first, for those of us in the audience or those of our listeners who may not know what Red Hats America is, give us the very brief 30 second version of what Red Hats America is well we're just we're just
11: trying to keep the America first agenda. Trump set us uh, out with a good example. He brought us up and opened our eyes to what was going on. So we're trying to make it people remember America first is what we're going to be after. we need to we're trying to help small businesses by doing some kind of advertising forum that that's uh, going to help them no money up front, and then we're going to be doing a legislative update we're going to be letting people know all about what their legislators are doing. And places where they can go and make a phone call or a text or an email and voice their opinion so that we can keep America, America. So it's a, it's a lot of things that are involved. Yeah. And it, it's just all for, for what we all believe in here as,
1: as a conservative. Yeah. And one of the things I love about it, because uh, I'm helping you with it as well. And I think it's great because, you know, we've had this conversation on the program many times. Trump's not a perfect president was not a perfect president i'd
11: love to have his tweets
1: back but i would i would take yes exactly if i could get a dollar 50 gas and 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 some respect on the world (laughs) stage and bring back uh where we were in afghanistan when he left office i'll take tweets all day long don (laughs) i don't think you're alone (laughs)
11: reese i think every day there's more and more people agree with us
1: like Shannon
2: hung up. Uh-oh. We lost. lost. We had yeah. a caller. We she were had some breaking news, and we've only got uh, about two minutes
1: left there, Shannon. So if you're going to call us, call us back um, quickly. So, well, Don, let me ask you this question. Where is Red Hats now? Any events coming up you want to share with us? Yeah, we got a big event that we're sharing with uh, Horry County Republican Women's Club, which is Shannon, which I... I think she's on the phone. We had Shannon on the line for a minute. I thought she might join us. Well, she did
11: say she
2: was uh, probably going to get into some weak cell service. Okay. Okay.
11: So basically, on September 7th, we're going to have a a fundraiser for veterans at the Astro Theater. And James Steven is going to put on a fantastic show. And every penny that comes in that door
1: is going to go to the veterans. So hopefully we can buy a little tiny home excellent excellent and uh, and that's going to be the asher theater on, on september 7th september 7th 6 30 6 and if yep. folks want to get more info where can they get more info? just go to com, go on click on menu
11: click on buy tickets and go down to september 7th and buy what you want to buy
1: folks uh that's uh, a great event i hope y'all will join us at the asher theater on september 7th check it out at com. and don thanks for coming in Folks, Red Hats America is on the march where we're, uh, our objective is to keep the America First agenda uh, at the forefront and, and to keep America great and to keep America America. And I hope you'll support uh, that mission. Don, thanks for joining us. Thank come, you. Come My back, pleasure. Tom, always. And... Uh, Folks, you've uh, spent another Saturday morning with uh, us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. We want to thank you for joining us. And uh, let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. We'll be back next week with another edition. Where are you going? I said two minutes, man. That's not
2: 20 seconds. That's oh, my minutes. gosh. What are you doing? I was like, where are you going? Man? Where are you going? Hey, let's real quick, uh, before we before we go, something we didn't talk about, the drone strike yesterday. Yes. We took out the planner, the ISIS-K planner. I don't know what good that is done. I don't know if it's true. Um, I don't know who to believe now. Um, but we did not cover that. And since you got two minutes,
1: go ahead. Well, well, well uh, that was the Shannon time that we didn't give to Shannon. Yeah. So uh, that's the first time that's happened. So we'll... Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, yes, we had a drone strike yesterday um, in theater in Afghanistan. The government is claiming that they killed those in ISIS-K who were responsible for planning the suicide bombing on Thursday. We don't know, frankly, um, what has actually happened, who has... uh, Whether or not he was a planner planning future attacks, we don't know if he was actually tied to that particular act. Yeah, so... So, yeah, it's, it's hard to say what actually is, is happening. And, folks, I just want to remind you all that Biden has lied to you multiple times mm-hmm. this week. And, again, heads need to roll. The Secretary of State, uh, the Secretary of Defense, people need to lose their jobs yeah. as a result of what has happened. And we don't need to rest until that happens. I'm shocked that people haven't resigned to get away and get their names out of that problem. I mean, yeah. there should be people resigning. And, and unfortunately, because many of the briefings that the president, that is 20 seconds. That is 20 seconds. (laughs) Many of the briefings the president received were classified, but we've got to get to the bottom of this folks. And Joe has got to go. Y'all be blessed. Have a great week. We'll see you next Saturday with another edition of Saturday morning coffee.
0: Thanks for waking up with Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd radio hour on talk. Ninety four point five.